So at this time, you're balancing your corporate job, your entrepreneurial endeavor, which is fitness at the time, uh-huh. and you're growing on social media. So people are like, you're like talking to people mm-hmm. and you're like motivating people. So what was it like for you to be balancing these three different <laughs> worlds? It wasn't that hard because I think the all my life I was balancing. It was if you if you really think about it from yeah. kid, it was school, football, business. I was I was trying to go back to when I was a little kid, oh. like seven years old. It was always always football, school, and then. Play and then game. playing a game or something like it was always like a three thing. So I know that you'll agree enjoying myself while at work is the vibe that I'm trying to be on. So I want to invite you guys to Sidebar ATL here in Atlanta, Georgia. Sidebar on top of the good food and live music, they have three different experiences. That means you can join me in the garden room in the gold room if you want to try the top of the line hookah and they also have the dungeon where I hear what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon so it's the perfect mix if you're here on business or you want to blow off some steam after work you can meet me at sidebar ATL so that you can have a little bit of dinner and then turn up afterwards if that's your jam so check us out 79 Poplar Street here in downtown Atlanta or you can call 678-800-0741 let's get it work and play at the same time Right? <laughs> All right, y'all. Hey, listen, welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel, and today we got Mr. Keyson Dingle here today. Yes, thank you. Thanks super for having cool. me. And thank you. Thank you for being here. You, your energy is always super cool every time I see you. Like, just real, like, no fluff, just cut to it. Um, really, really cool dude. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, on the Work and Play podcast, we talk about self-actualization, life mm. transitions, and of course, career transitions. And one of the cool things about it is you are in your process of like getting acclimated to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Move oh, yeah. Big Atlanta. PA. Yeah. PA. What's that been like? Can I start from Jersey, though? Let's go. All right. Let's start from Jersey because I don't represent PA too well. I don't really like PA. Why not? But What's the... It's just not a place I like. It's... Uh, it's suburbish, but then you got Philly. Philly's nice, but it's not that nice. It's like up north, but mm. it's so even raised more. In, in, in raised in Jersey. So my story is: I was born and raised in Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, I grew up there my whole life, but I was a football guy. So I played football and went to school. They're really good in school. Uh, got a scholarship to go to St. Peter's Prep, a Catholic school. Um, end up. Not being able to afford to keep going after like a couple months because the, the, the fees was crazy. Then I transferred to another Catholic school on another scholarship. Went there for a little bit. Uh, did well, but like I wanted to play a different position in football, but they wasn't letting me. So opportunity while my dad moved to a different city. And I went to school in Bayonne. What position like where you? I was trying to play linebacker. They had me like on the line. I don't know if you know like defensive line and all that. Bit. But I was like the big guy. And I, at the time I wasn't that big. So I'm like. No, I want to run the ball. I want to hit people. I want to. I'm not a guy. I'm not a little, a big guy no more. Cause I was young. I was a bigger guy, like a fat kid. But then I transitioned because I was working out and running track and playing basketball. So I started to thin out. So I was like, I want to actually, yeah, run the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, play linebacker, do things I can run more. Like mm-hmm. with the line, you're not running. So transferred to a school, I was able to do that, and I did really well. Like started. You know, that was my goal now to get on a uh, football scholarship to college because I couldn't afford college on my own merit. So I knew that I wanted to go away. Like, I already knew I was dormant. Like, some people were scared and I wasn't because the environment, you know, I was just tired of Jersey City. Um, there's nothing wrong with Jersey City. Jersey is my home. I love it. But at some point in time, you got to separate yourself to get ahead because everybody was doing the same thing. You know, you got drugs, you got guns, you got gang violence. How do you not become a statistic? How do you 
become better. So my parents were 16 and 18 when they had me. So I was already, yeah, young parents. So the people was already doubting, you know, how far I can go. But I was, just, I didn't care about that. I was already head forward. So I was always smart in school. Always did well in school. Always in like honor roll. So that helped me a lot. Like I was always different than my peers. Like I might still hang out, but I also was wanted to do my homework and I have photographic memory. So Are you serious? I, yeah. So I don't, I don't even need to study and I'll just pass tests. So you got you were raised by your parents who were teenagers at the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And when it when you think about like whether they're telling you to go to bed on time, whether they're telling you what kind of career you have, even to the point where you had a decision that hey, I want to flex this other skill set. Like I don't want to be on the line anymore. I want to go run. What was it like growing up with like young parents, so to speak, so to speak? Yeah, I mean it was it was fun. My dad was pretty hip, and he, my dad's like my role model. He um was always there like he took me to practice you know stand up dad teach me how to fight teach me how to uh, work out teach me how to he always played basketball me and my eldest brother's 21 now um he's four or five years apart and um he was always there like playing basketball Your with eldest us eldest brother's 21 mm -hmm. eldest your oldest brother? yeah i should say that i'm the oldest you're the, how old are you i'm 25 okay got you so you're, he's 21 Got you, your younger brother. Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. Because I was gonna say, if you're, if that's your <laughs> eldest brother, your parents must have been. Because I'm thinking, I got, <laughs> I got six, I got six siblings. So, you're the eldest. Yeah. Got you. So you. I say eldest, oldest. yeah. I should say second oldest got brother. Got it. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. Because I was about to be like, yo. Yeah. Nah, nah. That, that's <laughs> oh, that's that a lot. Hard. Yeah, that's twelve years old. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, uh, we grew up in the same household, mother and father, and uh, my dad always played with us and made sure that we was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was fun, but the problem happened when they broke up. They broke up, and then you know, you go to that separate household situation. And then I was like 13, like eighth grade at the time, and it really hurt me. Um, but I was able to bounce back because you know I was still focused on what I had to do in school. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that was the only problem. But before that, it was it was nice because mom and dad, you know, they was in the house. Mom cooked, dad take me to practice. Real regular, regular life, and I was always good in school, so. And you said you were at a Catholic school. So here in Atlanta, like, Catholic school is expensive, just like private school, so to speak. Yeah. Was that, like, private school for you? Exactly, yeah. So I was in this um, program called New Jersey Seeds programs for, like, underprivileged kids, the smart mm. underprivileged kids that uh, was talented, and they give out scholarships. So, like, I was looking to go to boarding school, like, all over Jersey, PA, some even North Carolina. But, like, I, was it, that your decision or your parents? To get into the boarding school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just part of the program. Like, it was the one thing we didn't know. Like, I was just really smart. So they, they put me in this program where I can actually, <clears throat> like, have these opportunities. So, like, they introduced us to everything. Like, we had classes on Saturday, like, 8 to 4. Um, I had to compete against, like, a 1,000 kids, and then we only cut down a 100 to actually get the opportunity to get the scholarships. And I wanted to go boarding, but I ended up wanting to... My focus was still football, so the best football school was St. Peter's Prep at the time, and I was right in my city, Jersey City, so I was like, you know, I wanted to go there, so that's how that situation started. Yeah, so all this time you were thinking you're going to go go pro. Yeah, that was 100%. And you had a photographic memory, super mm -hmm. smart kid. I feel mm -hmm. like you're your parents' best dream. Oh, yeah, like, oh, like yeah. A young couple to have, like, a, a pretty dope kid. I know. So I, what did you want to be? <laughs> go ahead, what were you going to say? No, I'll say, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to do was, was, was make millions playing football. I mean, that's so totally different since I started at seven years old. So, like, every day, like, I never missed a practice. I never skipped a year of football, never got injured, thank God. 
Like I never broke a bone, broke like nothing. Like all through my career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you're a big guy, so it makes sense that you would have gone um, straight through. So like, what was the turning point for you to decide like I'm not going into football? <laughs> uh, I was I was going all the way till 2017. Uh, what? Yeah, I was a college star. I feel like um, I started off for four years as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, mm -hmm. and I got an opportunity to go play in the um, bowl game, senior bowl in Florida. Did really well. Talked to the uh, Los Angeles what Rams. Did you go to? Cheney University. It's Where a Division II school in Pennsylvania. Okay, got you. So you went to college in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And you said you were talking to Cheney University? No, talking to the Rams. Oh. Yeah, I talked to the, they, they They liked me in practice. They liked me in the game. They, they came and told me they want to uh, interview me. And that's uh, why so I was talking to one of the uh, scouts. I didn't know the NFL interviewed kids. Yeah, I mean, I was in a bowl game, so it was like the top players in about the nation. So they was um, scouting you. Yeah, they they was interested. So like we had to like it was almost like an auction, right? So we had to like have our shirts off and walk through so they could see our bodies and see how like long our reaches. It was pretty cool. I had the Packers there, like all the all the teams. So it was really dope experience, mm -hmm. and that was um, great because I was talking to the Rams. They told me they was gonna draft me in 2018. Like I really thought I was going. They was like, you know, get an agent. Make sure you keep working out. Like we really like you. We wouldn't be talking to you if we didn't like you. And they never called. And that was really it. I mean, I tried out they, um, for the CFL, mm -hmm. Canadian Football League. It's okay. like the second best league. Mm -hmm. um, I tried out. They didn't call me there. Uh, got another trial for the Arena Football League. I did well, but COVID happened in 2020, mm -hmm. and they didn't. Uh, they shut down like completely. Like they ran out of funds or something. What does preparation look like for those types? Like, did you know that, like, did you, were you aware of the process? Like, if an NFL team reaches out to you, that they have the conversations, what to say? Like, how much, like, what type of preparation is needed? And how much did you prepare for that moment? Um, I always like to talk, so I really didn't prepare. But I always watch NFL Network, so, like, we all watch, like, the interviews of the rookies and stuff like that. Like, oh, they ask some crazy questions, stuff like that. They did ask me, like, a little weird question, like, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> like, what would you do on a Friday night? Do you go out? Like, stuff like that. They did ask me that. So, like, I was already prepped for that by watching the NFL Network and what rookies did in the past. Yeah. So, I'm like, yeah, I know it's how like I would answer that. Question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I told them, like, I, I don't really party much anyway. So, you know, that was a good answer. I was like, you know, I just stay in the house, you know, relax, work out, study, stuff like that. So, for me, you know, I was already prepared in that way. But I think just visual. Um, some people... I guess they go into interviews, you know, not knowing what to say. That's just, I feel like you don't want it that bad. If you say something dumb, obviously, you know, they're not, that's another reason you're not going to get picked up. Yeah. So, like, you want to make sure that you at least speak proper to get the opportunity you need to mm -hmm. play. So you said that you were, you didn't really party a lot at the time. But, like, mm -hmm. when you're thinking, like, from 7 to pretty much 21, 21, 22, you're focused on becoming a football player. And I can actually understand why the NFL would ask that question about girls, because I feel like that's what we hear all the time. Like the public sees about like mm -hmm. football players doing all this stuff. Throw away millions. Like, so it's yeah. like they're investing millions. It's like any business. You got to ask the proper questions to make sure that your investment isn't being wasted. Yeah. So what was your work ethic like, like growing up from, from seven <laughs> to that point? I was very disciplined. Like I love, like I. My problem is I get bored too fast. My dad said they wanted to put me on like medicine because I'm ADD. Like I just 
I'm always like, I was always the first one in class to finish like my, my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And I'd be in class just talking because I'm like, I'm done. Like everybody was still working. I'm still, you know what I mean? I was one of those guys. So my dad um, said, y'all need to give him more work in order to, you know, feed his mind. Mm-hmm. So they tried, you know, I was still just, just going, blowing through it. And I think school was too easy for me, so I'll just act out just because it was too easy. But then I started reading. So they said, all right, you, like, read this Harry Potter book. So I just started reading Harry Potter books. You know, they're huge. So. Thank you. I don't think I've ever cracked one open. I'm yeah. So, so that, that kept me entertained. I would just like read. It? Yeah, I did. Or I read the dictionary. I was, I was weird. Not weird, as in, like, I was just saying, like, I would, didn't care about being normal because, like, I needed something to keep stimulation. me. Yeah, exactly. I needed stimulation. So that was pretty much me throughout my life. So I always go to school, football from like 5.30 to 7.30, eat, shower, homework. Yeah. Play the game from to bedtime. That was me Monday through Friday, Friday nights, you know. Typical guy. Yeah. Typical boy. Exactly. That was really it. Just, you know, football games on the weekends, you know, good big Sunday meals, blah, 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 blah. Like real stringent schedule. And that was pretty much me my whole teen. In high school, I was pretty much the same. My dad was uh, pretty strict, I would say, as in like when it's a separate household situation. Mm-hmm. You got my mom and my dad. Mom was like, I got a little bit more free, like you know. But dad was like, I'm at his house, no girls over. You can't go out past ten o'clock. You know, make sure you do your homework. I was like, dang, dad. It made me better, and I appreciate that. So I was, so I was over there most of the time with my dad's. I'm real close to my dad, so I think um, that helped build me to keep that discipline. So that's really me. I just, that work ethic was always there. And I was always just naturally gifted and smarted. So I think that helped me just keep wanting to learn more. Yeah, speaking of learning, this whole time we focus so much on football. And I think that a lot of athletes, you know, like we get we get blindsided by the fact that, yeah. yo, this is a whole person. And to know that you're an entrepreneur now means that you obviously were like filling your brain with something else, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of football. Mm-hmm. So like outside of school, I was even talking to, a, previously we had a, um, a guest down in what I understand that it's like when you're in college and it's like um, student first, athlete <laughs> second. <laughs> and when it comes to the student part, what did you like what were you interested in studying growing up what was your like favorite part to learn outside of football oh yeah um my dad <laughs> we always watch like drug dealer movies or or like that type of hood like things like where they sell drugs or the business part like the wire we used to watch the wire every mm-hmm. so now. i don't know if you remember yeah yeah the wire the, the thing yeah omar yeah. um and he used to teach me not just like obviously you know the hood part of it but the business side like even though yeah they selling drugs but the business was it made sense like you gotta inventory you gotta have checks and balances like you like it was so much little things that i was getting taught about the business obviously through the movies right, and stuff like that all that yeah. so I, I i naturally fell in love with business and i have friends that was doing other things but for me I found the best way to make money legally was selling candy in school. So I was really good at selling candy in school. So I'll go re-up at the BJ's Wholesale Club mm-hmm. every night. I'll sell out, come in the morning, um, tell people, hey, I got, I got candy, a dollar candy. Uh, obviously, I bought the pack for 15. It came with 30. I sell it for a dollar. I make $15, you yeah. know, so that's what I would do at a high scale. And every lunch I would sell out, and people love candy, especially in my school. You couldn't go out for lunch, 
So I had a competitive advantage there. You wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you wasn't. You wasn't going nowhere but to come to me, and they wasn't selling candy. Yeah. So I was. I was eating good. What were the teachers like? Like, did they know you were selling, or did you go by? <laughs> Man, listen. I had a whole big thing with that because like, they thought like, I was selling yeah. drugs. Oh. It was that bad. No, I'm saying like I was like. Like when I walk in, people are always ah, like it would crowd around me. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, they can't really see, but I got a duffel bag of candy, and they just like. <laughs> some people knew the teachers knew, but like like the principals thought I was actually, you know, selling things. I mean, I think it's stupid because I was an athlete. I wasn't going in that route, mm -hmm. but it was funny though because I actually got suspended for selling candy. Cause That's what I was like. Yeah, they they suspended me. I was I was tight about this. I'm like, you know, I was just trying to feed myself. Not saying I didn't have money, but like any extra money, like. Mm -hmm. About sneakers, you know, I was 16, 17, you know, you want to look good. So I was giving money for that. And I was upset, especially because this is like my senior year. I was going into college. So I wanted to save up enough to have some money to go to college with. Mm -hmm. And uh, they stopped that, and I was really upset. So wait, they thought you were selling drugs at one point. Yeah. What was that? Like, did they accuse you? Did they bring you in? They, they brought me in. They, they said, you know, can I, what's in your duffel bag? I'm like, it's just candy. And Got I you. So them. they brought you in thinking that it was going to be drugs. Thinking it was something else other than what. I think they knew it was candy, but they had to make sure because that's like, like I was like running, like, running there. I was in the hallways everywhere, just going in and out of the the home, the lunches because they have like different lunch sections. And I just come, boom, 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 easy transactions. Even some of the teachers was buying my candy, so like, that's what I yeah. was thinking. I'm like, yo, so, probably, let me get a little. Yeah, I used to have there. a teacher that buy twenty dollars worth of candy. Like just give me twenty, and he'll give it to the students for getting answers right. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was good. I just think they just, you know, they didn't want to see me win for real. I think that's what it was. What, they was really? probably hating. Yeah, cause like they supposed to like they had other like fundraisers going on like dollar chocolates and stuff yeah. like that. That's probably taking them from their Some of the pocket. Like, yeah. Yeah. They need their dollars. Yeah. It's all because of you. Yeah, I was doing 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 really well. So. I don't know. So that's probably like the first time that entrepreneurial bug showed up. Mm-hmm. Did your parents want you to become an entrepreneur? Or I guess, like, I feel like at this time, you guys are focused on the NFL. Yeah. Were your parents nine-to-fivers? Yeah, nine-to-fivers. No, no, they never did entrepreneurship. I mean, my, I saw young parents, so they, they, they knew what it was, but they wasn't doing it. You know, just mm -hmm. doing... I mean, if anything, my dad had two jobs at one point, but nothing entrepreneur-wise. Um... I just think, yeah, like all my friends is like, so I went to school in Bayonne. They went to school in Jersey City. Like when they split, um, all my Jersey City friends are selling candy. But everybody in Jersey City is a hustler. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's selling candy. Mm -hmm. so I, was, I was like one of a kind on exactly. this side of town. So I had another competitive advantage. Everybody was scared to sell candy or do that. Yeah. Like go re-up at night, go to BJ's. You know, nobody had the hustle or grit to do that. So mm -hmm. I did it. That's why I was able to eat the way I was, whereas they had a lot of competition, it was saturated. Mm -hmm. So they wasn't making as much money as I was, so. Were there any other um, entrepreneurial like projects that you did between then and and then like getting ready for the NFL? Mm, no. Kind of no. just went dormant. Yeah, it went dormant, because um, freshman year of college, I got lucky. Um, I was walking past um, the student center and uh, they had a recruiting situation going on with the company, insurance company. And uh, I just randomly walked up to her and uh, had a nice conversation. She ended up telling me, like, uh, the insurance company that um, was working, she worked for it. They had a um, gym, a basketball court, free lunch, no dress code, and it was paid business internship. I was like, why wouldn't I sign up? I didn't even have a car at the time. 
But I told her that. I said, I'll find a way to get there. And I just paid my next door roommate like 20 bucks every day to, to get Take there. Care. And that's what started me in um, corporate. And I didn't need a I didn't need an entrepreneurship. They paying me very well. So I, I was like 17 years old. Because it's like fall semester, freshman year, and this is my spring semester. So spring semester I started, so January 2015. Okay. And I was able to uh, have a business internship, so I didn't need the a money no more. Business internship. When was, um, so 2018, I'm trying to get my dates together, but 2018 was when? Graduated. You May. graduated. So, and so you already were employed in corporate before the Rams called you? Mm-hmm. Got it. So you were ready to throw it all away. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I was, I was, I was secure to my backup plan for sure. You was when you, when it comes to like the plan B, how much time did you spend like you know fixing that that plan B versus like putting work in to go to the to the NFL? I think it worked hand in hand, especially with me because the internship I had was nine to five hours, mm -hmm. but in school, in college, you don't. It's not like high school like you have a curriculum or a class every hour so I, it was time in between and instead of like sitting around you know not doing nothing playing the game yeah. I would take that time say I had class from 8 to 10 I would go from the internship from 10 to 1 and then come back for a 2 o'clock class like I was like I don't I told you I'm, I need something to Discipline. do so yeah, yeah so I need every hour accounted for mm -hmm. and that's what I would do I'd work like Monday Wednesday Friday uh 9 to 2 and sometimes even in college like you might have a whole full schedule Tuesday, Thursday, but Monday, Wednesday, you might have two classes. So, like, those days I'll have, like, five-hour shifts, six-hour shifts. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was able to get that internship. So, it never really affected football. It was basically like I was in school, but I was in, like, corporate school, business school. Yeah, learning, exactly. learning how to work it. And then I'm sure in hindsight, when we get into it, you learned a lot, even from oh, being yeah. employed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that separated me a lot. Like, even so, I had not only... No, I was a freshman in college. It was perfect. I had business, like, courses, mm -hmm. but I was actually doing actual corporate business during the day as well. And then football at night. So then, like, after, like, class, I would just go straight to practice and stuff and lift and stuff. Well, I lift in the morning before class and then go to practice. So you have been balancing football and business the entire time? Football, business, and school. Yeah, yeah. All the time. So when it, when it came to, you said it so, like, smooth, like, the Rams never called me back. But like, what was it like when you you were up, you know, yeah. at the running for like a position on the Rams and they didn't call you? I was I was hurt, cause like now like that million dollar dream that just it, it vanished. I was hurt because, you know, working corporate we all know we ain't gonna get paid a million dollars, so especially like you know if you're not the CEO, it's gonna take a long time to get there. So I was like, dang, like what else? How? <laughs> That's just like how it's doing. Cause I wanted, I would picture a life of riches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not like check to check nine to five. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, like I already was NFL money. You know, I mean, you see the cars, you see the jewelry. Yeah. So that was already my, you know, I wasn't like, oh, let me, let me. I want a Honda Civic. I just want, you know, a nice little one single family house. Like nah, I was always gaming for big. Yeah. So you got to readjust. Now I'm like, dang, okay. And I told you I tried out for other football leagues, and I'm like. You know, 2020 really did. I think it, it cut my dream for me because COVID hit, and I was like, they're not going with me. I was, what, 23 at the time. And I was still young because, you know, but still, I think I just knew that it wasn't it. Wasn't it. When you say you cut your dream, right, mm -hmm. what was the dream? Because was it, like, the money that was, like, the biggest part of it? Was it the football lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Like, what That's was the dream? The dream was football. So, like, I I had a full, full ride scholarship to college. Mm -hmm. And 
technically I didn't have to play football because I was also like in the honor program. So I didn't have to play football if I didn't want to. So basically I was playing for free. Okay. Obviously I had, the dream was to get to NFL. So like I had a lot of friends that was on the same scholarship, but they just stopped playing football because they, they didn't know, oh, I don't have to play football and I'll still keep my scholarship. I was playing because I knew, this. Is all, I love football. Like, like even to this day, I still do like mixed martial arts because I just love, like, I'm, you know, I just love to be active. Like, yeah. that, uh, right? So mm -hmm. I love football. So that's, that was, it was the dream of football, but I knew the money come with it. You know, like, okay. I know it comes with it. Yeah, so yeah. I would play football for free, but I know what comes with that, that lifestyle, which is great. But now, like, if somebody say, oh, you want to go play full-fledged football, for no money, I wouldn't do it just business-wise. It just doesn't make sense. So your values changed. My values definitely changed. When you think about, like, in hindsight, what your values were at the time, you know, given your family, you know, having a two-parent household until you didn't, right? You said 13? Yep, yep. And then um, also, like, kind of just being really disciplined at the time, being a young kid, just focusing on the things that you're supposed to. Um, what do you think the values were that were instilled in you before this shift happened? Mm. I think just, my dad always told me, i never forget, when I was seven years old, he said, this is my first day of practice, I was horrible, it was tryouts. I did really bad, like I couldn't catch, I couldn't do nothing. And he's like, you know, it's okay if you don't want to play football, like, you know, I still support you, like, you don't gotta play this sport. I said, no, nah, dad, I want, I want to keep playing. And I think that example just showed me as a kid, I always just wanted to, just be better so the discipline just trying to do something better like the self-improvement mm. i think was what, what kept me going and i think that that's something he um instilled in me like you know just just keep going just keep getting better you know like i'm not i don't care if you're not the best just keep trying mm -hmm. and he always supported me to keep trying to do my best and i think that's what i feel like i did my best i tried out like i started all four years in football i was good i made all conference I made it to a bowl game my senior year. Like I did all the steps I needed to do to get there. It just wasn't meant for me. Mm. And if it was meant, then I wouldn't be here. Not here, but you know what I mean? I would be in the NFL, you know yeah. what I mean? But since it didn't happen, I kind of understood, you no, know, I have to pivot, adapt or die. Or, you know, I'll just be one of them. Oh, I was nice in college or I was nice in high school. But now what? You know what I mean? What do you have now? Still 50, like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't want to be one of them old heads that just talked about how good they was and now like you know i'm not making money and i'm not fit no more and then i'm like nah i don't want to be like that got you so as it as it stands right now you in this point of your story you're um no longer going to go into the nfl but you went and tried a couple other leagues mm -hmm. um and are you still maintaining your corporate job at the same time absolutely uh talking about during the time of the leagues or now during the time, yeah, during the time with the leagues. During the time with the leagues, yes. So I was, I was still working nine to five, but like I said, my my company had a gym, so I was in there before work, like in uh before nine a.m. Mm -hmm. I went to the gym at lunchtime for an hour, and I went to the gym in the evening. So I was always training, mm -hmm. and luckily I said I had a great company that allowed me to do that. So I was always in shape. So I was always ready just in case that that call, yeah. like just like hey, come try out. Hey, we missing a linebacker. Oh, we missing. Like, I would love Ready. to just walk on a Philly and, and show and represent. Yeah. But it, it just never came. It came with the leagues, though. I told you, like, um, the arena football called me out of nowhere, mm -hmm. and I was ready. And I did well. They was like, hey, you did well. You know, I was, like, 230 at the time. Like, you know, we needed you a little bigger because it's a little different in their um, their league. It's only seven players. So, like, 
the pl the position that he wanted me I had to be a little thicker okay. at the time. So they're like, hey, come back to 250. We're going to be good. I was like, oh, it's only 20 pounds. So I just started working out harder and eating. Then COVID happened. Oh. You know, when it comes to COVID, that is just like. It's life changing, I tell you. That crazy. COVID changed a lot of lives. Because, like, here. You know, you got your plan B, you know, you're in corporate America, mm. but it's like, that's not the dream. That's mm -hmm. just the plan B. Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity to go to arena will at least keep you engaged. Yeah. Like, who knows who, like, just like who you would have been mm -hmm. in that space. Right. I could have been good there. And I feel like I was still young enough to be like, but hey, let me pluck him. You know, mm -hmm. this guy got hurt. You know, let's, let's see what he got on our practice squad. I'll take a practice squad in the NFL mm -hmm. and then try to work my way up, you know, because I had other guys around my age that was in practice squad and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they was trying, you know, it's always a journey. You're just trying. Mm -hmm. So I was ready for that, whatever that came with. How did you process something like COVID happening where you have no control mm -hmm. over it? Man, that's, 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 I was, I was, I was stressing because I'm like, my football dream is, for me at the time, I got taken away. I'm like, yo, I'm, you know what I mean? Because not only that, they wasn't even, during COVID, NFL wasn't even messing with nobody that wasn't, like, in the league already. So, like, if you wasn't on a practice squad, you wasn't, like, a brand-new draft pick, like, anybody else is like, nah, we, we kind of tightening up on tryouts right now. So, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, my dream might be over. So, I kind of did some soul searching. I was like, what else can I do? You know, start on YouTube on how to be a millionaire. <laughs> And I just started. Again, <laughs> dream ain't changed. No. Big money is still a thing. Yeah. When you say soul searching, what other things did you find outside of like the money? Um. Um. I think fitness. I said. Um. I was listening to a lot of ET, hip hop preacher. You know. Mm -hmm. Just. Just that motivation. I almost tried to be. Be that. I just started working out every day. Posting on the gram. Just good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. You know, keep working out, and I just post every morning working out, and people liked it. And I started seeing my body change and transformation. And I'm like, you know, maybe I can sell this. So I, I created a, like a little workout course, and then it didn't make that much sales, but you know, I sold some. And then I was like, you know, maybe I could be one of the trainer guys on YouTube. So I think that's, I think I, I fell in love more love with fitness and changing my body and um, trying to, you know, just be the best person I could be with that. Yeah. I think so that that soul searched. Are you so you're soul searching like your skill set. And the funny thing is, I did I did um, a bar business as well. So I was also doing fitness um, but for different reasons. It sounds, but it, I definitely realized for my business, like every day, it's one thing for me to like work out all the time and and be motivational. But mm -hmm. then for my revenue to be tied to like having to work out all the time, yeah, that's to pretty show good. Up, I was like, ah, I don't think I want to do this. You didn't want to do it? No, <laughs> it was it was an indicator that I didn't want to do it. So for mm. you, what was it for you to decide, like, okay, am I going to be a fitness, fitness <laughs> influencer? Am I going to be a trainer? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going down the road of the fitness part, but I just think corporate was uh, holding me back in a way. When I say holding me back, just so, like, during this whole time, I was still like doing my thing in corporate. Like I, I was like, you know, bringing that same intensity on fulfill to corporate. So I was like getting promoted, um, doing my thing. So I got like this master's of insurance in like eight months. I was speaking on the stage because I got it so fast to insurance people. Like, like I'm still very well known in the insurance industry. And I think that was like, you know, like it was ground, grounding me to, to, to develop more skills than that. Mm -hmm. And then during 2020, I decided to move to another company 
and right in the middle of the pandemic, like March 2020. So it was like real early. Mm -hmm. And I had to actually, you know, get more acquainted with the new company. So I think that, that kind of slowed me down as in like the whole fitness journey, you know, trying to be real fit because the new company didn't have like the, the basketball court. They didn't have the gym inside the uh, office. So okay. I had to change the, you know, my whole, whole situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like, dang, like it's way more money, but you know, my lifestyle definitely going to change a little bit. But it didn't change that bad because I started to work from home. So that was that was a good thing. But I was already in that mindset I need to change. And with a new job, you have to do a lot more training. So they take up a lot more time. Yeah. So at this time, you're balancing your corporate job, your entrepreneurial endeavor, which is fitness at the time. Uh -huh. And you're growing on social media. So people are like, you're like talking to people mm -hmm. and you're like motivating people. So what was it like for you to be balancing these three different <laughs> worlds? It wasn't that hard because I think all my life I was balancing. It was if you if you really think about it from yeah. kid, it was school, football, um, business. Yeah, business. I was I was trying to go back to when I was a little kid, oh. like seven years old. It was always always football, school, Play and then games. and then playing a game or something. Like it was always like a three thing. Mm -hmm. Are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career? Now I told you about the morning meetup, the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship. And we are cooking up some really cool things. Now here's the thing. If you join today, you can actually get in for 60% of the original price. So if you join today, all you have to do is download the app and I provided the link below so that you can join us. We have community, we have a book club and it's the largest group that meets every single day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get ahead head start on entrepreneurship. So if you're still trying to grow, you don't know what your business is going to be, but you know you want to be an entrepreneur, this is the community for you. So check out the morning meetup, click the link below, download the app and join us today. So in high school, it was like football, school, and then selling candy. Mm -hmm. College, it was like football, school, the business internship. Mm -hmm. So like for me, it was, it was, it was a transition. It was corporate, uh, entrepreneurship, fitness. So, you know, I feel like it, it was really like I was already used to it. Yeah. That's what I did all the time. Didn't take anything out of you. Did you have to, when you were in corporate, did you share like your um, entrepreneurial life or like even your motivational stuff to folks at corporate? Uh, no, I, I, they don't like that. <laughs> they, they, they don't like that. What do you mean? They, they don't like, um, they want to see you all in. And then in corporate, mm -hmm. they don't really like you going into all this entrepreneurship, talking about it. Like, you know, this business world, you you can't show them that you're not all in because they might not hire you for a position. They might overlook it because, like, nah, he's not he's not all in with us. You know, he might leave. He might get too big and really be an entrepreneur. He might quit. You know what I mean? So, I kind of try to keep that separate as possible and like I was even I was private for a very long time yeah. so like only people that I knew knew what I was doing with any type of entrepreneurship so I was like you know I don't I don't want that to hinder my career just in case I do really go far in insurance like I don't want them to you know mess up my opportunities yeah are you a naturally private guy uh it depends it, it depends on what 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 it is I feel like more of a personal life like relationships and stuff I don't mind like having that more private because I feel like sometimes people just want to know who you're dealing with to attack yeah, your personal life. Mm -hmm, getting your business. Yeah, getting gossip. business, gossip, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Whereas um, business-wise, I mean, obviously I learned that you have to, if they don't know you, they don't fool you situation. So now I want to be all out in business world.
Yeah. Like, what like, is uh, it like? So on social media, the biggest thing is like, you know, your authenticity is what's going to allow you to know, like, and trust, you know, your audience. Mm-hmm. And as you're getting to know them from a fitness perspective, you're also growing as an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. So like, how do you manage like transparency with your clients? <laughs> In what way? Like, like, I'm like corporate, or you talk about just in general? So in corporate, you know, they don't like to hear about like entrepreneurship, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ask, like, are you super private naturally? Because I'm curious, like, how much of like yourself do you do people like do do your followers know about you? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm more so focused on. Like actual things, so like, I do need to share my story more. Like as in like, like like what we just talked about. I think they, they could get to know me more in that way. But I feel like that's it's just harder for me sometimes because I be in a pursuit of it. So I'm like, it's hard to kind of sit down and be like, oh, let me tell my story because I'm I'm still I'm still grinding in other facets of my life. So it's kind of hard to sit back and write the book if I'm still writing it with my actions. Like I'm still grinding every day still working in the gym five hours stuff like so i need to do that but i think they see definitely the progression like i I show the progression i show you know i'm working out every day i show that i'm doing this i definitely could do more but i think it's just that a lot of times i think about social media as you can get sucked in and i try to just post something and then like look stop looking at it because if i'm on it you might spend like an hour, two hours on that thing, just you know. And you might click on my page. And, oh, you got some good content. And now you're stopping with your, whatever you needed to do. Like you know, if you, like you could have worked out at that time, or you could have been working a side job at that time. And at this time, 2020, I started going into different avenues. That's I was on YouTube, so I met the hundreds. You know, I'm like I'm seeing all these like option traders. I'm, um, Learning side hustles, so I started like even driving for DoorDash. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm I'm starting to I've utilized my time more instead of sorry, I'm just a nine to five dude. Um, I need to figure out how to make money in other ways. Yeah, yeah. So it was, was kind of hard to actually um, tell my story at the time. I guess that goes back to, you know, do I share? So I, no, not really. That's real. <laughs> we did talk a little bit about your story before we hit um, play, and I think that. Um, we could go down a rabbit hole, honestly, especially now you're here in Atlanta. Um, we were just talking about the differences for those who weren't who weren't a part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the differences between like being raised in the north and being raised in the south, and I think it's actually really interesting to hear like some of the parts of your life that make you who you are. Yeah. So like <laughs> when it comes to your story that you don't get a chance to share, what is that that you feel like you know contributes to who I am, who you are as Kisan? Yeah, I think. Um yeah, like the fact that I had young parents, <clears throat> didn't come from money, so like I was always hungry. Um, growing up in an urban environment allows me to, you know, see things differently and navigate. I think the best way possible, like stay authentic to who I am. Like I don't need to be fake for nobody. I can stay myself because at the end of the day, that's what keeps me um, safe. That's what keeps me successful. You know, staying myself. Like and where I'm from, kind of being everybody's face or doing things could you know, puts you in a bad situation. Whereas in, if you stay to yourself, you stay busy, you know, you can actually be successful because you're not, you know, under somebody's wing. You're not, you know, getting bamboozled to do things and now you're in trouble. So staying busy, you know, helps me stay focused on my life and not 
folks are able to do them because that'll get you hurt where I'm at, where I'm from. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think that navigating and um, being around people is a little bit different. Whereas um, in the in the north, it might be a little bit more like cutthroat. Mm. Yeah, right? exactly. Whereas, like whereas being down here, I think that. Southern hospitality is a real thing. Like for sure is. invite you into that space. Yeah. What has that transition been like for you? It's really good. Um, I, um, luckily, I think it opened me up when I was moved to PA for the school when I dormed, and I noticed how nice people was then in New Jersey. And I'm like, all right, mm. you know, it's, it's pretty cool to, to actually have built communities and build friendships. And not say we have friendships up north, but, like, really just real, like, take us in dorms like like y'all live here like this is a real community like no parents nothing mm-hmm. so you start to bond differently and look at people differently different experiences so that opened me up more and then coming to the south you know as you as i've been here since october but like yeah, it's been all love you know luckily i'm recession proof so i've been you know incorporated into a community already out here so i've been in different uh factions different groups and i was able to connect really easily because of that, so. How did you find recession proof? <laughs> yeah, recession proof came from the internet uh, search uh, you did on say YouTube. You were looking at the traders on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I was looking, and then him five hundred just I don't know how it just popped on my screen. You know, I don't know. You know, when you click enough YouTube, it kind of just throws some things at you. Yeah, yeah. And threw like one of his like credits talks, and I was like, huh? And then like he had the chains, he had the cars, and he was speaking real credit financial literacy. Talk about. People like me, you know, they come from where credit cards, like, I, I've been had a credit card in college, but I'm like, you know, you, it's an emergency. Like, I wasn't going to spend this thing because I don't want to be in debt and all that. And he was showing different ways to actually use the credit card, how to make money from the credit card. And I'm like, wow. Like, cause I always, I actually had a job and I was always paying my bills until so I had a 700 credit score for the longest, but I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was just having it just to say I have it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, yeah, I get a house one day, but... You know what I'm saying? But that but that was it. Like I I had it for a house. You know? So the first thing that you learned was how to utilize the good credit that you had. Mm-hmm. Or one is that one of the first things that you learned? Um, yeah, that was that was the main thing. Of how can I turn this plastic into actually some money? So like credit to cash plays, you know, actually like uh manufacture spending, which is like when you fake spend and get reward points. And actually he taught me on like on a free YouTube how to get an Amex business card. And I got me an Amex business card, and that's what I used to purchase recession proof. Really? Yeah, they gave me like twelve thousand. I'm like, oh, is there a PR for like twelve months? I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get this money back. Got it. Yeah. So, what was the first thing that you learned that changed your mindset from one being in New Jersey, being a tougher kid, fo- focusing on your threes, your games, mm-hmm. uh, football, and school? Um, to now being an adult, you're focusing on corporate, you got your fitness business, and um, you're following, right? Like, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, so now, shoot, I, I got so much deep in with Recession Proof that, like, Recession Proof is not just about credit, it's about everything. Like, you learn everything. You got Airbnb, you got Toro, you got options. So, I kind of started spreading my wings to everything so like now it's now three now it's seven seven yeah so now i got corporate uh-huh. i got airbnbs i got five cars mm-hmm. um Sheesh, uh i or- actually like this uh, platform called get around huh? it's more passive than Toro. Toro, you got to drop off all that i don't do no drop offs i park my car it's actually still in philly and i just leave them there and people just rent it out by the hour i oh. made like a thousand dollars per car profit 
Yeah, exactly. Like Zipcar. Okay. okay. But it's called Get Around. Mm -hmm. And I love it. So mm -hmm. I just, you know, that's, I just leave them up there and they, they run. That's lit. Yeah. That's passive. That's really passive. Okay. That's so you got, you said Turo. Airbnb. Airbnb. The car rental business. Mm -hmm. uh, credit repair. That's like my biggest high ticket situation I got going on. Like I really scaled that because I'm part of Recession Proof. So they teach me everything. And I also did my own research and built up on that. So I got the credit repair. I'm actually doing mentorships now. Yep. I trade stock options and I sell digital courses. Is your phone always ringing? Always ringing. Yeah, especially the credit repair. You know, everybody be calling because I got like 90 plus clients, so really? I got to make sure they all good. Do you manage them all yourself? Mm -hmm. I have a team that does a lot of back work, but like yeah. I'm the face, I'm the onboard, and I'm the client relationship manager. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Now, in terms of your favorite, if you were, I feel like all of these are like your kids. Yeah. I can't ask you. Yeah. What is your favorite business? Uh, I like corporate, but my favorite business is credit repair um i think credit repair is um i'm helping impact so many families by fixing their credit a lot of people be just messed up you know they have collections charge of late payments they can't get a house they can't get a car if they do get one of them things they uh be paying crazy monthly payments like they be having like a 2015 honda paying 400 dollars. Yeah. you know like i don't even pay that much and i got a nice car like benz and i only pay like 480 and I'm like, damn, you paying as much as me. You could drive what I'm driving, but you ain't have the credit I had, right. which is like, it blows my mind. I'm like, wow. And they be paying down payments, too. So it just, in my family, um, a lot of times it got impacted. Um, and I, I learned a skill that can help them out and put them in a position to win because all my family credit jack. So I was able to, you know, fix it for them and now give them an opportunity to actually do something that they want to do to change their life. Yeah. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. I was thinking about... Um well, I was thinking about something else, and then you mentioned your family. You're like, do do you get a lot of support? Like, because being able to help your family with their credit, you're like, you know, the gatekeeper of like being yeah. able to change their life. Yeah, I feel like but I'm the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you get a lot of support from your family? Oh uh, yes, I do. I think um, at first I didn't. To be honest, I think they had to see it first, and I feel like that's what anything with life. Like, you know, you just gotta just dive all in and just hope for the best because you know nobody did entrepreneurship they're like yo what is he doing always posting and stuff like that but they were supportive of that they just didn't know what i was doing mm -hmm. they didn't know the scope of business you know i had to learn everything from scratch so luckily i had the mentor of uh, him 500 and stuff like that so um i think they started support once they started seeing the results of what i'm doing so i was like hey yeah i'm here now and they're like oh yeah can you fix me up now but at first, you you know, they don't want to support. But now you got you got their buy-in because they see it. Like, oh, shoot, let me get in before you get too crazy. <laughs> too big and I'm up here. Yeah, you can't reach you. Or, you know, now, you know, you're at the bottom pile. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Nah, I got you. I was thinking about your corporate job. So you're still managing your st your Oh, yeah. I'm big dog corporate. What? Yeah. How, what is that? Like, so for you, <laughs> we're just having this regular conversation in the middle of the day. Like, what is your job like now? Yeah. Uh, my job is great. So I'm an underwriter. Um, I look at, like, 
brand new like you see this construction over here mm -hmm. uh, they fix that up I do a quotes quotes for that so they need protection just in case a fire come you know let's say this is like a flood area like a windstorm hit a hurricane hit they would need coverage so I provide coverage for that um, this job I actually got transferred to in October so I actually go hand in hand my trip my move to Atlanta mm -hmm. so I, I uh, strategically planned yeah. this uh, career change yeah. in Atlanta so I could actually do this and have a little bit more free time. So this job allows me to navigate a little bit uh, more freely, more of an entrepreneur than my past uh, position. Yeah. I'm struggling to keep track of the five things you got going on and to think about being leaving, you know, PA and coming to Atlanta. I feel like it would create a lot more social things going on in your life. Do you feel like there's a, a struggle with you being social and managing all of those things in one time? Um, I would say I would say yes and no. So I was in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is like I don't, the reason why I didn't like it earlier is because you got Philly, which is a city, but it's like it's crazy over there. Like it's almost like New Jersey. Like it's just bananas. Like it's not safe. So I don't really go to Philly. But then you got the suburbs, and it's not really much to do, especially when you're out of college like that. Mm -hmm. You know, 20s, it ain't really much to do, especially if you're not married or something like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have I had a lot of, like, in-between time other than business, if that makes sense. Right. So I, all my friends is in Jersey, and then when I went to school in PA, like, everybody's from, like, different states. So, like, I didn't really have nobody in PA. So it really, like, socially, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't missing nothing, but I was missing something because I, I didn't have nobody around me. Yeah. So I wanted to actually be around uh, more people that I can talk to, entrepreneurs, just friends in general. I didn't have no friends in PA. Yeah. Because it, just, it just wasn't a place for it, you know what I mean? So, and now that you're here, you know, oh yeah. and you're plugged in, yeah. right? So what does that stimulation feel like? You got five businesses, right? Five streams of, seven streams of income. Seven, yeah. And seven. you got more of a social life, more of a simulation. Yeah. Like, what is that new surge of energy? I love it. I love it. I, I really love it because I'm never, it's never a dull day. So if it's not the business calling me, <laughs> it's my friends. Hey, let's go to Rock Steady. Uh, let's go here. Um, it's this networking event here. Like I like, it's, this is like a perfect place for me because it's just like, some of you might get overwhelmed, but I need that. Like I need a thousand things to do, and mm -hmm. if anything, I will prioritize what needs to get done and sacrifice. But I like having options. I like having many things to do. So I think that that helps me in my social life. So. Yeah. But I'm also yeah. disciplined enough to stay and do what I'm doing. Like, if I don't need to go out, I won't go out. And say no? Yeah, I'll say no. Dang. Well, in the world of everybody talking about learning how to <laughs> say no, this man is like, listen, I'm good. I can just say no. Yeah, because I know what it looks like to be lonely. Um, I know what it looks like when you have to sometimes tell everybody, like, I need to focus. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times you don't focus. I, I actually read, um, heard this in YouTube with Kevin Hart, like, he thought everybody was outside playing, having fun, and then test time, everybody was ready, and he wasn't ready, and then they all went to college, and I think he didn't. Mm -hmm. And the situation, not like that happened to me, but I just kind of like, you know, that's true, because I'd be seeing things where everybody be trying to get this one goal, and then they won't tell you they doing something on a low, then they doing it, you're like, dang, you, you was doing that too? And then like you thought he was bullcrapping, but he wasn't, and you bullcrapping, they going to be successful, and you're not, that, that, that would make me really upset. Yeah. Cause I'm very competitive, so I, I want to make sure I'm always 10 steps ahead of everybody. So I like that. I'd rather say no and make sure I'm good than to say no, and then you 
you beat me so <laughs> that's real i think that's something i can even take from that because mm-hmm. um oftentimes like i feel like i'm such a social butterfly mm-hmm. it honestly sometimes it gives me energy because if i go out and i have a really good conversation i can come home and i can just work mm-hmm. and for some reason I'm a, I'm a battery like that i mm-hmm. like to be around people but to hear that perspective of like you're you're thinking people out there are missing something. I never feel like FOMO, but mm-hmm. I do feel like drawn to it. Like yeah, things. exactly. But for you to be like, nah, if you're not getting it, somebody else is out there really working. Yeah, and I'm saying like I said, let me just up north thing, but like people deceive you as if they're not doing it, and then they'll do it. And you're like, hey, were you doing that? And you had me thinking you was doing something else. Now, now I'm tight, <laughs> and now and now you like you know you trying to stunt on me or something like that. Like, nah, I can't have that. So I'll make sure I'm always good first, and then. You know, if I have time, maybe I'll pop out or something like that. Mm -hmm. You spoke about priorities and uh, with all of the things, right? As your life is coming together, it's kind of like the perfect, the perfect um, balance, right? Or I hate the word balance, but the perfect combination. Yeah, I like that. What would you say like your, your like um, priorities when it comes to like dating and and, like being in in the mix of building a life is for you right now? Uh, Priority is me first uh making sure that i'm right financially make sure i'm right mentally spiritually because i feel like once you have that you know the girls will come the relationships will come that you need in your life you know things like that because if you don't you kind of put yourself on i don't want to say alpha but like you know what i mean you're not you're not you're not him i want to be like i'm top dog you know so if i'm the top then like my choices are plentiful but Let's say if I don't have enough money or if I'm not fit or stuff like that, then, like, my options are limited. So I've I, I always been, I want to be the person that have the opportunity and the options. Like, I, like people told me before, like, oh, because I got my master's in business. They're like, oh, why you go to school and get your master's? You don't need that for business. I'm like, yeah, but if it's me or you and then you, I got it and you don't, you know, I feel like I want to be a step ahead. Or if it's a position that me and him, me and another person are going against or her going against, and she got an NBA and I don't, I'm tight because I'm like, dang, like, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. We on an even playing field now. You got an NBA, I got an NBA. What's up? Who, who's going to win? So having those options for me makes me feel good, you know. So if I'm hearing you right, you're going to focus on your seven streams of income, your social life as it is right now, like you getting to the top and, and securing your position like financially mm-hmm. that way you can have the pick of the litter when it's time to choose a woman exactly because if you don't do that <laughs> then i said then you don't you don't you don't get those benefits i love that i love that that's a very like cut way to think about it <laughs> yeah because then you're like dang like you look at other people and be like dang man he got this he got that and then that person was putting the time in that you should have been doing use outside smoking drinking or whatever you do mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we talked about your values earlier um, and you were talking about self, like self mastery earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, even your value for like wealth, like a lot of times, people have to like get clear on what their value of money is. And you've known from the beginning. What are some of the other values or or philosophies or disciplines that you follow that keeps you on the straight and narrow? I think and this goes back to fitness. So right now I'm doing mixed martial arts. That's like um, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, all that. Like before, you know. I had that and still like I was like you know not lost but like I kind of was missing the football thing and I'm like dang I need another discipline so I picked up martial arts but I think that helps because I've never feel like I'm missing out because I'm always self-bettering I'm always improving 
you know, trying to get better, you know, learning how to fight better, learn, running, you know, working out. So like, I don't even think about what I'm missing or stuff like that. So I think that philosophy, that discipline helps with everything else, business, uh, money, you know, relationships, um, just that having that that core. Like once you have that core, like, oh, no, I got practice from 530 to 830 every night. Like you can work around that. You know what I mean? I don't want to do no business calls. I don't want to do, you know, nothing. Five to eight, three, three hours, I'm in martial arts training. And then anything else after that, I'll handle, you know. I think just having having the structure is the key thing, you know. I think what happens a lot of times, and I know this for a fact, boredom kills. Boredom is why people don't do what they got to do. Boredom is why, you know, kids get in trouble. Boredom is why a lot of... Um, you know, black kids are, are, are locked up and stuff like that, especially in urban environments. They be bored. They don't know what to do. They don't have nothing. Like, it's even kids that can't afford to play football. They can't afford extracurriculars because their parents don't pour into them. Their parents can't give them the opportunity. So now what else do they do? What do they see? Oh, they see money from drug dealers. Okay, I'm going to go do that. Mm -hmm. And that's when they start to fall into all these problems. Now you got a, uh, a record. Now you can't get a corporate job. Or now you can't even get a job. So now you got to be an entrepreneur. And you ain't going to the good entrepreneur side. you you know, selling things that you shouldn't be selling, which also means going to put you back in the jail cell. So I think boredom is, is a problem. And by having a structure, discipline, and a schedule, like a mandatory schedule, I think you'll win more times than not. I feel like I can see a seventh stream of income in your future, where whether it's on like motivational speaking, <laughs> you helping these young kids, like not... I'm a very um, altruistic person, but I also realize nonprofit is not necessarily my way to go. But I think that if you're able to instill this in a young person and help them deviate from one choice of entrepreneurship and decide to go the better choice of entrepreneurship, I think you just you just broke it down very simply. Like boredom is the is the that's enemy. It. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's it, and I know that for a fact. I do so much research, and I'm like, why? Because I'm always a person that's asking a thousand questions. I'm a real inquisitive person. Like, why? Like, why do people do that? Like, why? Why would you do that? And I feel like they can't answer why because they they just they're like, I don't know, man. It's, what else I'm gonna do? You know what I mean? That's how, like my friends back home. Like, what else I'm gonna do? Like, I ain't got nothing. I'm gonna go to the club. I'm gonna, I ain't, you know what I mean? I ain't got no job. You know what I mean? So. I understand, and that's where all comes from boredom. Like, if they had something to do, if they had a job, they had a discipline, they had things going on, you, you don't even have time to do anything else. Mm -hmm. Which some people need, a lot of people need. You know, you need a structure, you need to have practice, you need to have your gym time, you need to have something to keep you at bay so you could be successful. Yeah. How much time do you dedicate to dreaming? Hmm. That's a good one. Um. I don't know because I don't never dedicate time to dreaming. I just have it, and I think maybe it comes from like I do watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of movies or shows. Like always business. Like I like Ozark, right? Like, mm. like I just love the business part of things and like the growth. And I think the just where the dreaming comes from when I'm watching these shows and I'm like, dang, like because you know a lot of them they be having a lot of money. So I'm like, oh, one day I want to get there, you know, and just just looking up different movies and shows that show me that I think that's my part of dreaming is actually in tune with what I'm watching mm -hmm. and wanting to be that you know despite you know I don't want to get there by doing what they're doing mm -hmm. but I'm doing what I'm, I'm on a route to doing getting there where they at yeah I like uh, that guy's mind I, I've watched like maybe like most of the first season of Ozark if not the second 
And I like how his mind works because typically he's on some other stuff. Mm -hmm. But as soon as his life is on the line, his mind just works and it kicks into high gear. Mm -hmm. And it thinks of a way that can like spin him off into a better direction. Exactly. And I'm thinking about the way that you think and your actions and activities. And even you saying like you're on a path to getting to where you want to go financially. Have you ever thought that letting go of one of the one or two of the, or three of the things that you're doing would allow you to concentrate your efforts and get to where you want to go faster? I think so, but I think it helps me that I automate a lot of things. So a lot of things that I am in business with or doing, mm -hmm. I don't actually run or if I'm running it, I have people managing it. So I'm like hands off and I just get the checks. So that helps me, I guess, um, with the time. Because I don't think I'll be able to train as much as I do if I was really, like, knee-deep in my businesses. Got it. So the ones that you do have are automated, which gives you a lot of time back to yourself to, like, practice. That's mm -hmm. your practice, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so what if? Like, what if the stuff that's automated right now? It's, it's no more. Like, yeah. What is that I would cut it. I don't sacrifice it because I don't like if it's if it's causing me too much trouble. Like, that's what I had to learn and get into entrepreneurship. That especially in 2021, I was working too hard, mm -hmm. and I didn't have those automations in place. I didn't have ways to like step away from the business. So like I was getting into like a lot of relationship problems because I was never focused on the person I was talking to. I wasn't like it was bad. Like I was like totally at work all day, all night, and I didn't care because I was like helping on making money. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't good for my, my being. Like I was getting arguments with family, friends. Yeah, that, so I think automated like work for me, automating my business helped me so much to have me that breath, I can do other things. But if I ever got back to that point where I was working OD, I would cut it. Because mm -hmm. my, my stress level was, was horrible. And it was, it was getting me bigger. It was, it was getting me upset, I wasn't happy. So I, I will just cut it at this point, going back to that. Yeah, and that's actually real. You you noticed like a lot of turmoil in 2021, which allowed you to say, hey, I need to automate some things. And that's what saved you to get back to good. You said you're being, I was like, yo. <laughs> like the way, like honestly, I would, it sounds like you have a, a bit of a spiritual, like a spiritual bone, like on the inside, like you're naturally <laughs> spiritual. And the funny thing yeah. is we got here, so. Yeah, no. So like naturally, because when you said my being, I'm like, <laughs> you, you know, we don't talk, we haven't talked a lot about like your being. So like, <laughs> what do you do to like maintain like your being and like, I guess like keep not, I, I don't like the word balance, but I can't think of another way to say like, um, stay mentally, spiritually and like physically grounded. Yeah, so it's uh, like I'm going practicing this like new faith and where I'm, you know, practicing Sabbath and then, you know, I actually don't do no work on Saturday at all. Um, learning, Bible studies, stuff like that. It, it gives me a sense of purpose other than the money, other than the success and all that outside stuff. It keeps me internally well and I think helps me relaxed, you know, keeps me like I know. This earth is, you know, here temporarily, you know, it gives me that secure. And I think that helps me just, like, all this is really nothing, you know, compared to what's, you know, we go into a higher place that's better, you know, well, no stress, no evil, no agony. And I think that keeps me, like, you know, as long as I stay in that faith, you know, this outside world can't hurt me. Mm 
So I think just that being and, just, and keep feeding that by just keep learning more about it has helped me so much in this little uh, journey of mine so far. Mm -hmm. You said it, it gave you more purpose um, and even your awareness to say something other than the money, right? Because someone could look at your story right now and be like, okay, this man is only, he only cares about the money. Like the, yeah. different, the different pivots are like, okay, what can I do to make money now? Yeah, what yeah, can I do yeah. to make money now? But at, in this space in your life, you said you're, you're practicing this new, this new faith and you're, you've gotten a new sense of purpose. How would you describe what that purpose feels like? Feels good. It feels like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like I said before, we're going to somewhere, you know, where this place, the, the evil, the, the, the arguments, the fights is all, is not there. This place is just straight. Everything's good in a way. So I think that helps me have a purpose so I can have something to look forward to. Like I have something to live for now. Like, you know, somebody, you know, needs something. I feel like, you know, I can help them, you know, naturally, you know, without nothing in return. Um, I keep God at the focal point of my life, so I know I'm protected. I know, you know, whatever happens to me is meant to happen. And I think that's what me, I, I always try to control things and like, I want to control the outcome. I want to control the outcome. But I just gave everything to God and, you know, whatever the outcome is, so the outcome going to be. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps me have so much like stress-free. Like I'm like, you know, I'm so tunnel vision on, um, you know, God and that helps open up doors and because God is the main reason we're here. God is, you know, the reason why I can make money. God is the reason why I'm not blind. God is the reason why, you know, I'm not in a car accident. You know, all these little things that we take for granted every day. It's like, especially me, I've seen a lot of deaths in my, my, my life so far. And I'm just like, I'm here for a reason and I'm going to enjoy it. And even when it's over, I have something to look forward to. That purpose just keeps me going and so happy and stress-free. You you said you would. Well, I was actually thinking, have you ever? This is random. All right, I'm with it. I like it. I like have it. Have you ever had like a a near death experience or like a pregnancy scare where you was like, <laughs> yo, what? What's going on? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got shot at before. I got shot at before. I, I wasn't the target, <laughs> but they thought I was somebody else, and uh, me and my boy ran away safely but like it just shows that like you know let's say you know i i don't really think about it too much now but at that time like yo i really got shot i could have been over like it would have been every me i was like 15 years old and i was like dang like it's crazy and then like it's a lot of times where you know, i'll be in spots and then you know it gets shot up and i was like i was just there you know i'm just like i'm not saying always missing death but it's like you know like it's like away from me it's like i'm protected in a way like you know so i think for me, I just it keeps it keeps me believing in God, and and I know that I'm here for a big reason. That's why I feel like I'm the chosen one in my family. Like I'm the only one that moved out of the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one that's in um, Atlanta or doing anything besides the normal nine to five, normal you know just check to check. Like I'm really just out here as a pioneer trying to figure out life, and I feel like. I'm doing a good job, but I know it's not me. I know it's God or something guided me. Like back to like guided, like I feel like I'm guided because like I had no idea I was gonna be in Atlanta two years ago. You'd ask me in Atlanta, I'd be like, I wish I could go there. Uh, now I'm here, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm here doing good, vibrant, feeling great. So that's what I said, I'm just guided. <laughs>
Facts. <laughs> this conversation is so affirming in so many different ways. Um, Cause I don't talk about the com- my my company name. I I just know it's guided. You yeah. Know what I mean, and yeah. I don't necessarily talk about like how all the parts of it make sense because it don't necessarily make sense. But I do feel like in your story, as you talk about like, and I don't know why that question came into my mind, but it's just like I feel like <laughs> one, you're super even kill, and even for you to find a new practice of faith to recognize like, okay, my life has purpose, but not to forget. You've experienced some things along the way that just, there, there's a reason they're here. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And to process that is important. And to even share, like going back to young people who are bored, but also don't feel guided, like mm. that would actually be something to put together between like all the things that you've experienced up until this point to you being able to stay disciplined and find a new practice and find a faith, but then also to be able to pour into like young people, do you ever find like that's a desire in you to do that? It's crazy you brought that up, man. I um, so I always have, I'm always doing something. But I was a coach for three years. Really? Like I, I just finished my last season, um, this past uh, 2021 in PA. But um, yeah, I, I've coached uh, eighth grade football, and we won two championships and lost in a, uh, another championship. But we did really well. But I think the reason why for our success that all the other coaches was like old, like 40, 50. I'm only like young guys. So like I was able to really connect and relate to the kids and they really bonded from me just being my authentic self, and, you know, genuine and actually teaching them like, bro, I did this football thing. I did the college thing. Like, I need to get some things together and, and teaching them. Like, I feel like a lot of older gentlemen, they just like to yell at kids, and, like teach them, show them like, you know, why you don't do this because this, this happens. Like, you know, like, I feel like just showing people why you don't do some things can make it make sense. Like, I remember one time this kid was posting like crazy stuff on social media. I mean, like, listen, they asked me to talk to him. He's like, oh, you on social media, you check it out. So I told him, you know, you, you're trying to get to a certain place in your career, right? You're trying to go to college. Like, all that stuff counts. Like, you see all the time NFL people, they bring up all this old dirt. Like, you don't want to want none of that to ever stop you from getting millions of dollars mm-hmm. and I broke that down to uh, a way he can understand it and he's like yeah and he just stopped like posting that type of content you know curses and all that you know I think that was really inspiration for me that kid's doing really good right now in high school I know he's definitely gonna go far so like if he does make it he'll be like yo coach Keith told me you know this is why but like those little things and changing the kids lives I think was important for me because I know how important it was for me uh, as a kid and having those mentors, I always had like a special person that always like poured into me and taught me. Cause I was I was young and like wild, right? So I was just didn't care. I was bored. I was all the time. I was just like I needed something to do. But having people teach me and pour into me made me uh, the person I am today. So I want to make sure I always give back to the kids and especially help those that are in trouble that I can. I know exactly who to call when it's time to do the pouring. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's go it's some it's some young boy who I'm gonna bless with your mentorship. I'm yeah, saying Absolutely. I would love to. That's amazing. Yeah, that's another that's why that's more so why I do the mentorship. Like it's not even for like it's more for I feel like younger people. I could do both, but like I feel like younger people are they need it more. Uh sometimes older people they feel like I don't know, oh he's young. He he can't teach me nothing, which is wrong. That's 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 not right way of thinking. But um, yeah, they might feel like that. Where somebody younger, they they're more receptive to what you're teaching. They can grow from that. So I think uh, a lot of young people, you know, can learn a lot from me just because I told you I've been through so much. Like 
You want to talk about college? Let's talk. You want to talk about corporate? Let's talk. You want to talk about getting money? Let's talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I can hit you with every genre. So, you know, I can't lose. Can't lose. <laughs> Man, you talked about your mentors, like, pouring into you growing up. Like, who are the, you know, two or three top mentors that you had that, like, really shifted your mindset from young to now? I you a good three, right? So my dad... You know, I feel like he's been my mentor the whole way because, like, he's been guiding me. But in uh, eighth grade, during the Jersey Seas program, I think my dad couldn't make it and my mom couldn't make it. So basically it was like a parent come down. Because we stayed in, like, South Jersey for, like, two weeks as a boarding school. And I was really hurt that they couldn't make it. And, like, I was sad. Like, I was crying. Because like, everybody's parents are there. Imagine you're the only kid. Yeah. So I'm in the basketball court shooting, playing by myself. And then this this mentor and advisor at the time, he just came and played with me. And that made me like, I don't know, change my my Like I was just so bitter at that time. I was like, yo, why me? Why don't my parents ain't come? Like, and then he, you know, he ain't had to come play with me. He played with me, we played like an hour, two hours. And that, that really just changed my perspective. Like it's nice people in the world and that I don't have to always be like bitter or feeling salty, so. That was one, and I feel like I need to tell him that to this day, because like, it was just that one little interaction. You probably don't even know how impactful that was, but that yeah. that made me feel so good. Cause that I was be an expressive expression of gratitude. Oh yeah. yeah, I was yeah, I was like, I'm like, why am I even here? Like, I was really tight, cause I'm like, I'm doing all this good stuff, and like nobody cares. That's what mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, so that was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I want to say, um, in college. I had this um, this 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 mentor that uh, he he was a coach and he always he always looked out for me and he came later on like my junior year but he was the one that helped me get to the bowl game he's the one like teaching me about like I was I was gonna play the fraternity but I ended up didn't doing it but he was actually teaching me things that were actually me just changing my 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 character and discipline towards other things. And then the third one, I feel like my mentorship is in uh, corporate. Um, he kind of changed my perspective because he was black. And I was working at Wawa because I always like to do side hustles. I was working at Wawa at the time on a weekend, and I saw him. He had a nice black Lexus. I'm like, and he's a young black dude. So I'm like, you were working where for the weekend? Wawa. What is Wawa? Wawa is like uh, 7-Eleven. I was okay. a cashier. So I was well, I only making like $10 an hour, but I was using that as an opportunity to, because I was in the suburbs, so I'm like, Instead of Saturday being home all day, like I need to do something, get out, see people. Now I was just going wild, but it's like a gas station, everything. So you see all types of people come through, mm-hmm. and like successful people. So I'm like, yeah, like and I'll just talk to them. Like I would just use it as a straight networking event, and I'll talk to them, you know, see what they do. Like basically trying to, I'm still trying to find my my purpose. Like how do I make money? How do I become what I want to become? And I'll see people with the nice cars. And I'll ask them. But this guy particularly, I'm like, what do you do? He said insurance. I'm like, huh? I'm in insurance. Like. Then he's like, word, give me a call. Talk to him. And then he told me, uh, get this designation, the massive insurance, the CPCU thing. Then I took that, and that kind of changed my corporate career trajectory. And ever since then, I was, like, going up crazy. And he told me it was going to happen. But I think that that helped me because I feel like at the time, I was ready to quit corporate because I feel like I'm not getting paid what I want. Like, I'm doing not a fire work. Like, I'm just, like, I'm just tired of it. But then he showed me this massive insurance and I was able to like 
go on mad interviews. Like I was in New York, high rises. Like they was interviewing me, flying me out. Like it was really good. It's because I was like young and I had this like massive insurance and I was black and, and I was doing my thing. So I think that really changed my, uh, my corporate life. So those those three, I think are really influential. Important. Like those are huge pivots. Like it's <laughs> like when you get the right mentor, uh, I'm thinking about like pinball where it goes to that little thing and yeah, goes <laughs> like, you literally yeah. like you literally had some moments where like um, if it weren't for that first the first one your advisor the one who came to play with you mm -hmm. like you said you're bitter like you could have yeah. your heart could have hardened yeah I think that would have happened especially the way I am I'm just like one of the people that could get real like forget the world mm -hmm. and I think that probably would have happened mm -hmm. and I'd probably have been like you know it's not a good kid but I'm happy that happened. So it kept my heart warm. I think that's the best way to fit it. I'm Because a lot of things happen to people and it, it just, and nobody like console them or comfort them. And they get cold. And that's when these people become out to be, you know, killers or, you know, just people that are just not nice. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Like just <laughs> the person you are right now sitting on this podcast yeah. to know like you're such a like, you know, calm spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so to imagine you being any other than what you I are. I know. I like, could imagine you like, dang. Yeah, but it, it would be so easy to do that, though. Like, where I'm from, like, like it's just so easy to be like, because everybody's like that. That's what I said, like, it's that grimy, like, don't care about nobody. Like, yeah. that's up north. Like, it's not, like, that's real. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, your, like, best friend has set you up, like, stuff like that. And it just be like, dang. Like, you know what I mean? This is scary. Yeah. So being here in Atlanta, fresh, fresh meat. What are fresh some of the meat. things that, um, you know, I guess, honestly and truly, what are some of the things that you look forward to? Mm -hmm. And then what's the biggest challenge that you foresee for yourself? Yeah, look forward to just um, keep doing what I'm doing, uh, keep being successful. Uh, definitely uh, thinking more spiritually. Except for like the success is going to come in time because I'm doing everything I need to do business-wise to set myself up for the future. So I'm always improving, always investing in myself, always like learning more. I think learning is the key to everything. Once you learn, you know, you could just move on that information and take action because I'm a, I'm a big executor. Like, I don't, I don't play with information. I go and I attack. But um, the challenges is just making sure that, you know, you stay grounded and you keep that discipline because I feel like in Atlanta, it's, it's easy to get swayed off that path like if I I mean I can go out every night and then like you know it won't be good and I think just just having the right people around you that are not going out every night that's not you know smoking and drinking or you know any of that stuff that you know people could do in Atlanta like it's always something to do in that regard so I think the challenge is just staying away from <laughs> the negativity or things that are not aligned with where I'm trying to go that's real that's real. I mean, honestly and truly, I think that's probably, given what I know, what little I know about you right now, and mm -hmm. being exposed to, like, all the vibes, all the vibes that Atlanta has to yeah. offer, if you stay, you know, on your P's and Q's and do exactly what you've been doing, I feel like that's exactly, you're right, like, mm -hmm. everything will just accumulate over year over year over year, mm -hmm. as long as you don't get, like, distracted exactly. by some of the things. That's what my dad would say, you know? I'm not, I know you're going to be great, but my biggest thing is that, you know, something just don't knock you off your path where you, you know, can't come back from. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the hardest thing. Like, you know, I'm good. I'm good. Until, ah, you know, you get hit on the side and it's like, hey, you on something else. Yeah, I mean, well, you yeah. know, life is made of distractions as well. We learn a lot from those. Oh, yeah. 
And um, like you said, you have this thing where you try to hope, like, stay in control of everything. Yeah, no, but you know, those moments where you off road and yeah, <laughs> where you learn a lot. Yeah, I guess yeah, and, and I know it's gonna come. Like things gonna come. I can't. I don't know what's gonna come, but you just gotta, I guess, bring bring it back. Try to bring it back as best as you can. <laughs> Unless it's, you know, it's the new path you get knocked on is where you actually should be. Like, you don't know. Life, we don't know. We just keep riding. Just keep going. I think, for me, just keep going and not stopping, right? Like, just like, oh, I'm tired of business or I'm tired of corporate. I'm just tired and just, like, being like a hobo. That's <laughs> like, you know, some of you just, like, mentally just break down and just, they never come back. Like, I just, that's my thing. I don't never want to do that. Like, yeah. regardless of what happens to me, if I lose it all, I think I'll be okay because I came from nothing. So like, I didn't have it. Fine. Like I didn't have it before. Mm -hmm. You know, your mind work, the way your mind works as far as we've talked so far is like, eventually it's gonna say, so what can I do to make money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm find a way, yeah. a skill, talk my way into something. Like, yeah, yeah I feel like, like um, the best quote I got, the person that wins a life is the best salesman. And I, I like to sell things. Like I'm wow. like, you're always selling yourself, right? No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, the way you talk, you're always selling yourself. So I think, you know, whoever sells yourself the best, make the most money, you know, they get the girl they want, you know, they they, they just put themselves in a position to win. Can't be mad at that. I was gonna ask you a <laughs> word of wisdom. And I still I still do. <laughs> um, given the fact that you're still in your nine to five, I think that, or your, your corporate job, because it's not a nine to five, because yeah. you don't like work those like regular hours, mm -hmm. but you know, I think that there is someone who could learn from what you're saying right now. They're thinking maybe I can't do anything outside of corporate, yeah. right? They probably do want to explore other streams of income, but they don't know how, what's the first step? So mm -hmm. basically, what would you say, like a word of wisdom, a first step, or there's mm -hmm. a tip to that person who's like doing one thing, <laughs> right? They're doing a corporate Yeah, job. that's a great thing. As I said, before 2020, I never thought about it. I was probably that person that was just like, I'm gonna just climb this ladder. I'm gonna climb this ladder. But like I said, I wanted to, make money in different ways. So the first step is knowing that there's other ways to make money. There's other ways to make money without um, actually like interfering with your job. And I just think doing the research, um, like real estate could be a great way, you know, Airbnb, uh, learning those things, um, getting your credit right if it's not right. Um, those are the like foundational steps to taking that step towards entrepreneurship or doing anything other than like, I would say, oh, like, do stock options. Um, but that can get hard because if you're not looking, if it depends on your job. If you're not looking on the screen all day, mm -hmm. you know, you could lose a lot of money. So, like, just knowing the right um, side gig for you. Like, you know, I'm not going to tell you, you, you can get rich trading options, but your job is, like, real, like, you need to focus on something else mm -hmm. or, like, that will mess with the integrity of the job. I would never tell you to do that, but Airbnb is something like more passive. You can set up systems or, or cleaners or things in place so you don't have to be stressed out unless, you know, it's after work hours, which is fine. You know, you should be able to, anytime you pin in uh, work outside your 9 to 5, you should just be happy. You know, you shouldn't, like, it's going to happen. If you want to be successful, you got to pin in more work than just a 9 to 5 anyway. So that's the first step is getting the mindset right, preparing that you're going to have to work more hours than just 8, obviously. But having the, uh, the foundational things, your credit, you know, knowing what business you're going to get into that allows you to do that business. Because as I said, if you're doing a construction job, you can't do no, no, no trading, no options. Um, but you probably could have some passive income come from Airbnb. You could probably have some passive income from car rental. Yeah. 
um, you can do stuff like that. So things are not intensive. Like I know a lot of people do like other things like drop shipping, like Amazon stuff. Like I don't really know too much about that world, but I know like I'm not gonna be on the internet scouting all day. I can't do that, so I can't do that. So things I like to do is is things that are technically I don't have to do outside nine to five. So like talk about car rental business. Like I can't really be like I want to be the Toro King because. I don't really have time if a, if a guest want to drop the car off in the middle of the day. I'm just not there, not available to pick up the car. You know what I'm saying? Then people come late. So now, like, my 9 to 5 ain't having that, or my corporate job ain't having that. So, like, I know that's why I talk about get around, because it's better for me and my lifestyle, whereas Toro probably wouldn't be, because that'll interfere with the integrity of your job. Now, your job will get you, like, where you was at. You got to answer questions that are hard to answer without telling them what you're doing. Now, you, let's go back to what I said with you telling what you do. You know what I mean? They look at you a different way. Yeah, I feel you. So just having that, just having the mindset of knowing what particular, uh, I guess, extra job you're going to do and how does it um, interfere with your job. Having the, the credit to basically scale those things and having the money outside your nine to five to do it. Because a lot of times, you know, your paycheck might not allow you to have the extra money, but credit can extend you that money to actually get it back over time. Um, and just learning and investing in a mentor to actually help you go through the process because a lot of times you won't take the step because nobody would take the time to sit and talk and go through the process so we got to pay that extra money to invest into mentors invest into courses or things that actually break it down for you to take the plan and run it yourself mm -hmm. speaking of credit and mentorship for the folks who are watching and they love your story they're trying to figure out okay how do i change my life financially because yeah. i realized we talk about basic necessities. Credit is becoming one of those basic. You need those foundational like um, things that you need in America to get to where you want to go. So if they're listening and they're watching and they want to connect with you, whether they want to work with you or continue following your journey, how can the folks who are listening and watching connect with you? Absolutely. So um, a lot of my business is done through Instagram at Keyson Dingle. That's K-E-Y-S-O-N-D-I-N-G-L-E. Um, I have a website, but it's more of just like a landing page, so I'm gonna just direct all of them to Instagram, because that's why I like, I have a different like LinkedIn, social media, stuff like that, but I feel like for more entrepreneurship, with credit and uh, Airbnbs, mentorship, all that stuff, Instagram is the best way to get in contact with me. Oh, there you have it. Honestly and truly, I loved it. Like the story, <laughs> the practical advice, like having a side hustle, knowing that you can manage a nine to five and do all these things and find purpose, right? Mm -hmm. who, who knows what the next like five, ten years for you will look like? I know. I'm excited. <laughs> listen, we got the income. Yeah. Right? Now it's all about living your purpose and I'm excited to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just stick around. You'll, you'll be around. You'll see the journey and then, you know, come back on this podcast and say, hey. We did it. Let's go. <laughs> See you at the top. Well, in that case, thank y'all for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you, finally. Peace out. Thank you, Appreciate it. And appreciate everyone for watching. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Peace out, guys.